Okay, I need some uh, scriptures. Kenny is going to read Acts 2.38. Uh, Edgar is going to read Luke 3.22. Will read Romans 6, 1 through 4. Uh, Daniel, Matthew 28.19. And uh, Colby, Acts 2.38, the second time. <laughs> Okay, we, uh, for years in this building, when we had uh, baptisms, uh, we had to play music, we, we had music while the person was getting baptized, just simply because it took time for the people to get out of the tank, the next person to get in, and all that, so... Um, uh, in the in the new building, kind of some things arose about uh, baptism that I, I started asking questions. I realized I actually have been assuming all these years, which is always dangerous. I have been assuming that each concert director is passing on to others basic instructions about uh, baptism, and so apparently some of that has been lost uh, over time, and I didn't realize because they were. Some of they were singing. So this is going to be a very, very practical lesson. And it has to do with water baptism instructions. And some very practical issues about water baptism. So uh, this, is, this is something I'll just say by um, water baptism is, is fundamentally important. And uh, it, is, it is so important that... Uh, through the years, if I see people who don't get baptized, they generally don't stay saved. And generally the uh, addition uh, to the church and people who lock in is, of course, primarily those who have been baptized. So there's something supernatural, there's something fundamental uh, about it. And, and uh, if, if you just have been raised with water baptism and never really thought it through, you might not appreciate how important that is. So uh, I want to think. So let's, let's think about uh, two, there's probably three sections that we're going to discuss. The first of which is, if you have a new convert, you need to be able to explain to them why they should get baptized. So you've prayed with someone, they've started coming to church, and now you are talking to them about what the Bible says about water baptism. So, uh, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so in, in water baptism, in explaining to a new convert, there's two, two dimensions, the first of which is this is a, a, an important step of obedience to God. And that is, you see in that, in that Bible uh, pattern, repent, and be baptized. So these, they, they follow on. A person who has repented then should get baptized. And then, of course, I don't have it uh, written in the notes, but Jesus Christ uh, himself, baptism was so important that he got baptized and he was sinless. So he's telling us something. This is a very important step of obedience. What you are saying is, I want to obey God. That is what uh, water baptism is. So, if you're explaining to a new convert, uh, uh, getting baptized is a very important issue in salvation, is to go on record that you intend on living for Jesus and identifying with Jesus Christ. In other words, you just didn't pray one time, but I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to identify as a Christian. That is the essence of uh, of water baptism, which is why every new convert, every person who has been born again, they need to identify. That was a very important uh, step. They're saying, I'm going to live as a Christian and I'm going to continue on. Those are the two elements of water baptism. Then the, the uh, other part, hand in hand of that, water baptism is a symbolic act there's symbolism involved, but it's something supernatural. 
And this is why it is so important for people to get baptized. Something supernatural happens in a believer who gets baptized. Luke 3, 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And the voice came from heaven which said, You're my beloved son, and you am well pleased. Okay, so here's Jesus' baptism. And uh, the uh, element here is not a mistake. This is, of course, symbolic. A dove comes on him. The Holy Spirit comes on Jesus as he is baptized. So this is what happens. That, that is why a person needs to get baptized. You need to identify. You need to go on record that you're going to live for Jesus. But something, the, the word that I often use with new converts, it will seal something inside. Something happens supernaturally when you decide uh, to uh, get baptized that then enables you. Jesus here, what was the point of the Holy Spirit coming on? Very next thing, temptation. It gives you strength to do right. Okay, so that is something that you need to be able. I would suggest to you that those two verses you should memorize. You should be able to quote them. You should be able to find them in the Bible. Show them to a new convert to explain why should you get baptized. And then, of course, then you get in. I'm not going into every detail. You'll get, uh, you'll get to Acts 2.38 answers a common objection. You have someone, they were Catholic, they were Orthodox. They say, I was baptized as a baby. So Acts 2.38 answers that. It says, repent and be baptized. I don't think you repented when you were a baby. Right? So clearly this is something for... Uh, either an adult or someone who has the ability to reason right and wrong. So that, that is, those are two verses I would suggest to you that you, uh, you need to make sure that uh, you have the ability to explain that. Okay. Next thing is practical instructions that you give to a new convert. Whether this is, if you someday are pioneering and you are the one who is going to be doing the baptizing, if you are a concert director and you're going to be instructing new converts, or if you are the one doing the baptizing, you give, uh, of course, some practical instructions now. This is, uh, this is not spiritual. This is just very practical about what's going to happen when they get baptized. What do you want? In, in two simple elements here uh, is number one is, is a very important part of Baptism is identifying that the old life is going to go, you're going to live a new life, so therefore we have people give a testimony. And in, in very brief words, we don't need your life story, when you were three, it all started when, is, but, but basically a, a brief testimony. What were you like before you got saved? And, uh, and now uh, what's the difference? What do you want to do now? And, uh, and that is the, the element. You need to instruct them, let them know that that is going to happen. That's what we, uh, that is what we do when we get baptized. And part of what you're doing is you are now identifying why you're going to get baptized. This is what I was, but now I want to live for Jesus. I want to live a new life. So it has a logical uh, reasoning, right? Another simple thing in... in um, in a practical instruction for new converts, it's, it's probably best when you're going to put them underwater if they'll just simply cross their arms across their chest. Why? Because that gives you something to hold on to. Uh, that's all. If they are worried about water going up their nose, then they can hold their nose. That's, that's personal preference. But that's a, just a practical uh, instruction. And of course, uh, more important for ladies that, that they do that. That would, really, uh, that would really help. Okay, so that's the next section. So we explain why. And then a new convert on the day of baptism or the night of baptism, we're explaining exactly what's going to happen. Then the next thing is for those who are doing the baptism, then we have a pre-baptism explanation. And this is always based uh, generally here. We read Romans 6. One through four. Whoever had that, read it. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
uh, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we sh also should walk in newness of life. Okay, this scripture explains uh, the essence of baptism. That is, putting away the old life. It's symbolic. So, you generally will read that to, uh, those verses, and then, you, no sermon, I don't want a three-point sermon, just a couple of brief comments is that water baptism is a symbolic act of putting away the old life. These people have been saved, uh, but now they're going on record. They want to live a new life in Jesus. Very simple. Two statements is probably sufficient. And let me also say that if you um, sometimes a whole sermon is preached on baptism before the baptism. <laughs> If, if the pastor just preached a sermon on baptism, these comments then largely become irrelevant. You don't need to because he's just explained in the sermon what's going to go on. So you then wouldn't, I know you've prepared three points and you've agonized over it, but it is, is, uh, it's, it's already been said. So you probably just would skip it altogether or would, uh, would just briefly make the statement and, and move on. Okay. All right, so now let's talk about some practical uh, considerations. You want to you want to remember this if you are um, uh, if you're going to pioneer someday. If you're if you're a pioneer, you 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 would be wise to have some dark t-shirts or shorts or something that uh, if in case someone wants to get baptized, they've either gotten saved on that night or they've suddenly decided, yes, I should get baptized, but they didn't come prepare. Some towels, uh, dark t-shirts are logical, right? White t-shirts uh, can be bad. And uh, so, uh, so that, that is uh, helpful. The other thing that, that you have um, is that uh, we often have uh, either your wife or a, or a lady that is ready with a towel and uh, that is when they come out, you have someone who is, is covering them. That's a practical consideration of modesty. I, I, I learned this quickly in South Africa is that you had uh, uh, ladies who either uh, uh, couldn't afford a bra or didn't, you know, didn't want theirs to get wet. So this is, and they would, they would arrive in a white t-shirt. So this is not good when they get baptized. So we'd have ladies ready to immediately cover them and uh, so we didn't want to have to get the men saved all over again. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, very, very uh, practical. So then, then there's some, this is very practical. This is not spiritual, is, is uh, uh, some of the guys, you've, you've seen them do this, is if the ladies are going to be going up those stairs in our baptism, when you baptize them, turn them so when they come out of the water, they're already facing that way. It's not a salvation issue. That's just practical, right? It's, it's very, very uh, uh, basic. Another thing is consider their height. If the baptism is this wide, you don't want to start here on a tall guy and put him back and whack his head on the stairs, right? <laughs> so now we've got to pray for healing as well as uh, salvation. So uh, that, that's practical. So you move someone up in consideration uh, for their height. And then if they're seven foot tall, then we just stick them this way. Then don't, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, uh, this is another very practical is that when you are baptizing, the whole point is you lower them steadily. I, I had in South Africa, we were having a baptism and the guys were giving everyone whiplash because so they would, they'd get them to here and then they'd jerk them back up and the person's neck would go, it's like, oh, you're breaking their neck. I mean, it's, it's steady. You, you, you put them. Another thing is that you cover them completely. We believe in full immersion baptism. The word baptize means to cover. That is kind of the basic understanding of, uh, of the word. We're not uh, Catholic. We're not sprinkling. And so you get guys that they are lifting too soon before the person goes under the water. Some of you, you were baptized and your nose didn't go under. You are actually not baptized at all. You didn't, no. <laughs> Invalid. Baptisms. 
Okay, now this is a, an important, this is actually where this, where this came from. Because we had music for years, I was assuming that this was getting done. And it wasn't until here we don't need the music because we have the people hidden by the wall. And so I, I was asking on the first baptism, of course, we had 37. We were cranking through them. And I, and I, was, uh, I was asking, did they say the baptismal formula or creed over them? And so this brought a discussion that, that that was one of the things is apparently has been lost through the years. I didn't realize because of, of the music. A very important uh, part of baptism is based on Matthew 28, 19. Whoever had that, read, read that. Did I get that? Yes. Sorry? You don't have a voice? Can you read it? Yeah. Matthew 28, 19? Yeah. He's got it on his phone. Loan him your phone there. Oh, oh. Okay. It's it. Okay. You got it. Go therefore and make disciples. Therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now this is a very important, the Bible tells us here... This is what we would say is the baptismal formula or creed that we are saying over them. It is not simply we're getting you wet. We are baptizing you in the name or the authority. And the Bible says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which we'll uh, explain that in a, uh, in a minute. So... As you are baptizing, either right before you put them underwater or as you are doing it, one, one of the guys baptizing should recite this creed upon profession of your faith. In other words, they just said, I want to get baptized and live for Jesus. So that's, that's the essence. They have now identified with Jesus. So upon profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that needs to be said over every single person that gets, uh, that gets baptized. And uh, so uh, this, is, uh, this is actually the, uh, the authority of our faith. And I'll, I'll explain that in, in a moment. But that is very, very uh, important that you do that. Okay. And, uh, and again, if, if uh, they didn't say that over you when you got baptized, you're not saved. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, so all of those, those are very practical. Okay, they're very, very practical that that, uh, that, that will help. Uh, that in one, one essence, the, you know, putting them under, considering their height, facing the right direction, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, those are all those are all just practical considerations that cause it to go well and uh, keep from problems. Okay, now then there's a, a, a very important uh, element, and that is we have to consider the difference between Matthew twenty eight nineteen and Acts two thirty eight. How many of you have ever seen a bumper sticker that says Acts two thirty eight? You ever seen that? Okay, so you, you might not have, it might not have registered uh, uh, with you. So, Acts 2.38 is used by United Pentecostals, certain people that are, call themselves apostolics. They are what we call Jesus only. Jesus only. Let's read Acts 2.38 again. The second time whoever had that. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so in this one, Acts 2.38 says, Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28.19 says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Jesus only, they are... Uh, they are what are called. They are what is called oneness. Oneness. So they have, uh, or we say they are Jesus only. What that means? It is a false doctrine that denies the Trinity. 
They deny that there is any such thing as Father God or God the Holy Spirit. They say there is only Jesus, Jesus only. And they will use Acts 2.38 as proof. They say, see, Peter said, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He didn't say anything about Father and Son or Father and Holy Spirit, right? Okay, that is a false doctrine. They, their, their doctrine has a number of uh, elements of this. So it's a denying of the Trinity. That's, that's the, the first part of it. But they say, if you are baptized in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit, as well as Jesus, then you're not saved. They make that a salvation issue. You're not saved because you, are, you didn't say Jesus only. You know, in the name of Jesus Christ. The second thing, uh, they believe that baptism is salvation. They believe that a person is not saved unless they are baptized. Again, using Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized. Okay? And uh, generally, they also believed, again, based on Acts 2.38, they put incredible emphasis that the person generally, you have to get filled with the Holy Spirit when you get baptized. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Okay, so they doubt your salvation if the person doesn't come out of the baptismal water and start speaking in tongues immediately. Okay, so now let, let's, one of the things as a, as a disciple, you have to learn to think critically, which doesn't mean be critical, but you examine logically. So. Let's, let's take a couple of things. Number one is the idea that um, if you're not baptized, you're not saved. Okay, I said to you in the beginning, I've, I've noticed over time people who don't get baptized don't stay saved. They say, if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. So what's a logical, biblical problem with that statement? Dwayne? It would be the thief on the cross. Exactly. Okay, so the thief on the cross did not get baptized, but Jesus Christ said, this day you'll be with me in paradise, and I think Jesus would know. <laughs> right? Okay, so that's what you have to learn to think. This is why you need to read your Bible. You need to be saturated with the Bible so that when people give you nonsense doctrine, you need to be able to respond biblically. It's not my opinion that the Bible says that that's obviously can't be true. And then if you use logic, what about the person who uh, prays on their deathbed? You know, they can't get baptized. So they, there's a number of logical, but no. Jesus only are, it has to be in the name of Jesus only. You have to get baptized to be saved, and you generally have to speak in tongues at baptism in order to be saved. Okay, so now then, we have two different verses that actually say two different things. Acts 2.38 says, baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28.19 says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. The difference between them is in Acts 2.38, Peter is preaching to convince the Jews of their need for salvation. And he is preaching to them about Jesus Christ bringing conviction, you killed him. Jesus, and so what the, the point that he is making is Jesus Christ was God. He came, he rose from the dead. So it was a convincing for salvation. They're convicted, what should we do? You need to, be, you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which to Jews, that is, accepting who Jesus is. Jesus is God in the flesh. That was the point of what? He was not trying to give them a baptismal formula of what you need to say when someone gets baptized. He was convincing them of who Jesus Christ was. Matthew 28, 19, on the other hand, is Jesus sending disciples out to preach the gospel and make disciples. And in this now, he gives them the, the foundation or the authority of our faith. We believe in the Trinity, in a triune God, 
And so therefore, when we baptize, we are baptizing someone into the Christian faith and relationship with the triune God, which is why he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They actually have two different purposes. That is why one says Jesus Christ and one says Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because they don't mean the same thing. They weren't, so they're not talking about the same purpose, okay? So you understand that uh, uh, clearly. So, um, yeah, so these are some basic, uh, some basic instructions about baptism. Okay, any, any questions this bring up? Andy? So they're saying that you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit um, upon, upon baptism. Um, so what they believe that, or speaking in tongues, but they don't believe in the Trinity, so speaking in tongues, is that just... Well, what, what they say is Jesus is the Father God, Jesus is the Holy Spirit, Jesus oh. is the Son. They say there, it is Jesus only. Right? So that, that's, that's their belief. That's why they call, it's called oneness. The doctrine of oneness. That there is only Jesus. Jesus is everything. And that's, that's what they lead to. I'd like to ask a practical question. Okay. How did you deal with, like, like, say a family came in, and sometimes the parents would say, oh great, this is a good chance for my kids to get baptized, and you knew, um, obviously, yeah. for you, for you they almost be insistent. Um, how did you deal with that? Well, okay, so there's, there's uh, several things about uh, baptism that uh, I probably should have put in there. So, we have, uh, this is not straight from the throne of God, the Bible doesn't say this specifically. In our church, what we do is we have a logical cutoff point. We say, you can get baptized when you're nine years old, okay? And if, if someone comes to the concert director and a parent say, uh, I want Junior to get baptized, and, and he is nine, I want the concert director to ask a very practical question. Tell me when you got saved, okay? And if they can't tell you, uh, then they shouldn't get baptized. So that's, that's, that's in a practice. I'm, I'm get, getting to your question, but, but that's, a, an, that's an important point. Yeah. What you have to do is you have to explain to parents in the first place, many of them have a, uh, a Catholic or a similar background. It's fear-based. If I don't get my child baptized, they're going to they're gonna go to hell or purgatory, right? Yep. So you have to explain to them two things. Number one, the Bible says... Uh, according to Acts 2.38, that it is repentance. So this is a turning from sin. It is not a, uh, it's not magic protection. If I'm baptized, now I have immunity. There's a force field. I, nothing bad can ever go wrong with me. So it, it is not a protection in life. It is repentance and identifying with Jesus Christ. So what I, then what you explain to them is that uh, uh, a child who is not to the point of consciously being able to repent, then our, our understanding biblically is that they would go to heaven. They're not in danger. Their soul is not in danger if they don't get baptized. So it's unnecessary. So in, in essence, you'd be wasting your time uh, doing that because it, it doesn't, it has no point. It was only for repentance. But the main thing is that if you explain it to allay their fears, because that is often fear-based. And that is their, my child's gonna go to purgatory, my child's gonna go to hell because they didn't get baptized. Yep. Somebody else, Alex? Um, no, I, when you find it's different is when you have people who are getting baptized from other religions. And this is the essence of water baptism to the Jews in many ways was someone identifying with the Jewish faith. So they understand that. That's why it's a big deal when a Muslim gets baptized. This is heavy duty to them. As I say, for, if you've been raised in it, that's, you, you get it. Yeah, we have it once a month. Uh, of course, you don't understand. So you don't understand how important that is in a culture where they're Hindu, they're Muslim, they're Buddhist, and they get baptized. They understand very clearly, I am turning from 
the Muslim faith, Buddhist, Islam, you know, uh, Hindu, whatever, and I'm going to live as a Christian. So it takes on a greater weight. But in essence, uh, in general, no, uh, salvation is salvation all over the world, apart from that. Yeah. And then in our baptisms there, I, I love our baptisms. Our baptisms are celebrations. Because if you think about it, I, I, you're not only identifying with Jesus Christ, you're identifying with a local church. So we welcome them into the family of God, which is why we cheer. Someone get to us, that's a celebration, right? They, they, they lived a life of crazy sin and now they're gonna live for God and we cheer. We're, we're, we're welcoming them into the family. So I like that. To us, we, we choose not to make um, our baptisms solemn in that way. We could make it very serious and somber, you know, golf claps, you know. But we don't, we, we cheer, we're into it. Yep. Somebody else? Huh? I was wondering, it says that the, to be baptized and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is that an order that has to, I mean, when I got saved, it was what I, uh, what I was understood. You got baptized and then you get the Holy Spirit. Is that uh, necessarily, or is that generally what happens? Well, I would say that is generally what happens, but God is the baptizer, I'm not. So if he's baptizing someone in the Holy Spirit, they haven't got baptized in water yet. That's not my right to complain. It's like, no, 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 that's not biblical. <laughs> Clearly, God doesn't know what he's doing in this case. So, but in the, in the logical order, that's how it usually happens, is a person gets saved, they get baptized in water, they get uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you tell the people being baptized that they were going to go all the way in the water? The reason I'm asking that is I saw some good standoffs where the lady did not want to go out and he insisted she was going to. And I remember, it felt, it felt like a, you know, Cletus take the real ball. The fight was on. And he did. Be, because they, wanted, she had a, a fear of water or she didn't want to mess so. up her hair? Or? So. Yeah, the idea of going all the way under. Did, I just remember one of those nano moments it's like oh she's not she is not into going on the land and there was a fight and he won so i was wondering if you had actually tell people that say, listen you're going to go all the way in the water i i guess so it, it, obviously that's a, an incredibly rare issue isn't it yeah. but so uh, i suppose you could mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> two two guys, four hundred pounds on a someone's head. I think they could win. Uh, yeah, is Acts two thirty eight the main scripture that that Jesus only believers use to live? Um, yes, as a legitimate basis. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, almost exclusively. Yep. And because of, because of Acts 2.38, they therefore look at every other scripture and interpret according to Acts 2.38. That colors everything. If you're reading about the Father, they say, oh, that's Jesus. If you're reading about the Holy Spirit, they say, that's Jesus. So based on that, which is, which is the mark of all false doctrine. All false doctrine emphasizes a single verse or a couple of verses uh, to dominate the rest of the Bible. It's a weird, that's a weird doctrine. And I, I think Jesus only are weird people personally, but that's... <laughs> yep. In a practical sense, um, uh, like when, when someone backslides, when they baptize again, when they backslide, when they baptize again, yeah. is there a limit? To... Yeah, I... I you know, I'm not into, uh, I, I don't think that a person should get rebaptized uh, quickly or, or easily. I don't, I don't think that that is, I don't, you know, I, it's, not, it's not so much as a limit. It is, you, you get several things. Is we get people who, they haven't been doing well uh, spiritually. They, they, they haven't been out living in sin, but they just haven't been doing well spiritually. So... They think, I'll get baptized and that will fix it. Water baptism isn't magic. So I dissuade, I, I'm not into that. I don't, I don't, it, it, water baptism isn't a fix-all. 
So for all your spiritual problems that you uh, get baptized now and now you will have a powerful spiritual experience with God. That's, that's false. That's number one. I, I typically see people who choose to do that, they often then preach. You know, they want to use their, their time in the tank to preach. You need to get baptized too, which is that's a personal decision. I think that's an odd motivation. Then you get people who, uh, you know, I hit my thumb with a hammer and I said a bad word, so I need to get baptized again. That's weird. You know, people who just, you, you, you're going through uh, an unhealthy patch in your spiritual life, and so I need to get baptized again. That's unhealthy. So you get people who they genuinely have backslidden. They've left the church, left God, are living in sin, come back. You know, that's their personal as their personal choice uh, on that. I don't, I don't forbid them. But what I am against is, yeah, then you have the, we do have perpetuals. We have guys that they backslide with regularity, right? Then they want to get baptized with regularity. I don't think that's healthy. I think that's demeaning uh, the overall experience. But so, yeah, lot, lots of things you can't find in a rule book. I can't give you a rule book. Say, this is what you do in this case. How many days were you backslidden? <laughs> How many sins did you commit? Okay, you should get baptized. Third baptism this year, John. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Three per year is too much. Pastor, as far as your own children, yeah. what is your instruction for, obviously there's some kids that just want to be baptized because we'll get baptized. Sure. And then other children are, probably have had been saved, maybe they're more reserved and it's, it's tough to get them to want to go up in front of people, but you don't want to force them because you're forcing them, but you want them to understand the importance of it. How do you approach that as far as the... Well, uh, so, I mean, you're, you're, you're actually talking about two different things. So, number one is you, uh, if you had, uh, if your child wants to get baptized, same thing, when did you get saved? So, that, that's a first thing. So, it's the same standard that you'd want the concert director to apply as you... Uh, they need to have an understanding of when they got saved. Uh, the second thing is, is, so that will then, that will help with, I just want to get baptized because it's cool. Right. And, and again, because it's very personal, I'm sure that our church, we have lots of people who were baptized as kids, maybe that it was genuinely too early, but salvation is an internal thing. I can't give you a list I don't have a repento meter. I don't have a baptism meter. You know, no, you're not ready yet. On the other hand, then, it is something that you should instruct your children in the faith. That we, we you know, you, your, your children should have an understanding of sin, of salvation, and then baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are things that you need, but you shouldn't push. Uh, again, that has to be a personal decision and uh, and and it shouldn't be fear-based again that i they you better get baptized or you're going to become a drug dealer next week right so those are those are unhealthy motivations but correct motivations is instructing your children in the faith and they should make their own decision which generally most kids will at some point they want to anybody else oneness people you're talking about you said that they uh, you're not saved unless you get baptized did they think Jesus needed to be saved or he was a savable person because he got baptized yeah I, I see your point I don't know I've never had that discussion with them I, I don't know yeah I don't know but you uh, I, I do recommend to you that you kind of grasp the uh, the essence of Jesus only and how to combat it Every pioneer, you will battle Jesus-only people. And they're, they are, it is, a, number one, they're proselyters. They're not interested in getting people saved. They want to confuse new converts and uh, take them from other churches. But it's, it's an incredibly aggressive uh, spirit. And they will, it's amazing how Jesus-only people come out of the woodwork when you get good converts. And they want to try to latch on to them. And then we, uh, you know, I was telling the guys at, at breakfast when we had this discussion in, in Perth, in Perth, West Australia, one of our main venues for witnessing was the Hay Street Mall and Forest Chase, which are not malls indoor, that a mall in an English country means 
uh, brick pavered street that pedestrians walk on. That's how, that's where you shop. Um, and so the Hay Street Mall is, you know, fantastic. 5,000 people a night would be walking through there or Forest Chase. So you get these Jesus only. When I was the concert director, we had a group of Jesus only that every Thursday night they knew that we would be there and they would make a beeline and it, and it was demonic. They would not, they have a whole group of people Somehow they magically always wound up going and speaking to new converts, not older converts in our church. It was from hell. And so, you know, I tried being reasonable. It's like, I tried talking to the guys like, there's 5,000 people here. We're not going to run out of sinners, man. Go, go find a sinner. Leave our people alone. And he finally wouldn't. So finally I took this guy and uh, we took him to the side and I said if you ever speak to our people again we're going to go in the alley we're going to have a prayer meeting we're going to lay hands on you do you understand what I mean <laughs> so, they're, they're aggressive suckers man they're very much they latch on to so a lot of false doctrines you have to uh, you, you have that's why you need to build biblical basis I think we're going to talk next week about doctrine and part of the reason why is you will have converts when they, they get genuinely saved the devil will send people with false doctrine to confuse them and try to take them away so you better know how to combat that which is why i'm including this because this is very basic information yeah so knowing your bible is just the best thing right yep because like um when you were saying about them uh combating that like and you, you got a new conversation and they're just like at them. I mean, is it just up to God or what can you do? Like just keep... Well, you you have to, you know, number one, you got to uh, uh, pray that God protect them. But then when you hear, hey, this guy at work, he says, you have to be able to biblically come against that. So reading your Bible, studying the word of God... There are things when you fill yourself with the word of God, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He will teach you all things. He will bring to remembrance. So my job is to read the Bible, get it inside of me. I can't possibly prepare for every false doctrine in the world because sometimes there's new ones, right? right. But what, what I discover is that I fill myself with the word of God. Someone comes up and they're telling me a false doctrine. Even before I've examined everything, a scripture will pop in my mind and I can refute that, uh, begin to uh, come against it. And that's, that's, the, that's the advantage of why you need to read your Bible and study the Bible for yourself. Because that will give you a, a, a good defense in many different ways. And then we'll talk next week about doctrine, the basis of doctrine. Vince? Uh-huh. Yes, but that's that, that again, when you're explaining Luke 322, um, that, that's the point. Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him, and then he was ready to, uh, the Bible says, in the power of the Spirit, was able to resist temptation. So it's very practical. But part of the reason why I think that people um, who don't get baptized, I think there's a number of different reasons. Number one is because uh, they're not identifying with Jesus Christ and living a new life because they, they are not surrendered. They don't want to live a new life, right? So not getting baptized is often, a, that's, the outward, that's the outward manifestation of what's going on in their heart. Second thing is pride. You have people who, uh, I, I don't like my hair to get wet. You're, so your soul is not worth getting your hair wet. You know what I mean? And so, but there's a, a fundamental issue. It's not a hair issue. It actually is a fundamental issue. They have pride. They care more what people think, which the, means then with their family, their friends at school or work, they will care more what people think as well. So it, it is very, God is very wise. It is symbolic, but it, it is powerful in how many different areas of our life it touches. So it's a very important issue. Good. Stephen? When you were pioneering, um, you 
can see it, we'll put this effective as all like outreach tool, or do you see newcomers turn to family trust? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that, I think it makes sense to, if you're having people saved on a regular basis, aiming to have a baptism once a month to every six weeks, is that's logical. Because you, you, there's no point in waiting a long time. If, if all that we've said is true, that it is spiritual, it helps you spiritually, you should get them baptized soon. So I would say once a month every six weeks. Now, you do have little tiny churches that they've struggled they haven't had somebody saved in three months or locked in in three months. Obviously, having a baptism once a month is pointless. You have to have new converts in order to, but God forbid that that should be true of us. We should be getting people saved, getting them baptized. Right? And there are churches that believe so strongly in that, they have the baptismal tank ready at all times. When someone gets saved, they immediately now let's baptize you. And I don't have an argument with that. I mean, that's their, their logic. There's a basic, I'm not talking about Jesus only. You have to get baptized to be saved. But they believe this is such an important step. You need to do it now. Let's do it straight away. So I would, I would say as soon as possible, once a month. And yes, and then you bring up an important point is often you do have people when they get baptized, uh, which is the logic of why we would not do it every time someone gets baptized is... If you'll say we're doing it in two weeks time they tell their friends and family and sometimes yes friends and family show up and you get to preach so that's a that's a great thing you think some people do that like you said they baptize right away is because that way is it easier to get filled with the holy spirit and you've already been baptized? i don't I, I don't think that there uh there are people who do that that don't even believe in getting baptized with the holy spirit but they believe that it is an important part of identifying with jesus christ after salvation so that's their logic in it. Now, Jesus only, that's, I can't speak for them. They may do it every, every, uh, I have no idea. Never been a Jesus only. In a pioneer setting, would you recommend when you're, because obviously you don't, you know, we don't have a church like this. Uh, would you recommend having a service and then a physical uh, baptism water there at the church or of going to it's a It's whatever you have to do. Okay. Uh, my, um, my first baptism in pioneering was in a public pool. Uh, that was in Launceston, Tasmania. That was in a public pool. Uh, my first baptism in South Africa when we only had a tent that was temporary. It was only supposed to be there for, you know, actually a week. We wound up staying three months. So the first one or two was at a, a pool. Uh, and then after that, then we got a one of those, t uh, not inflatable pool, but a, you know what I mean, yeah, a temporary yeah. pool that with wire mesh and a liner, you know, that kind of thing, cattle tank, whatever. However you can do it, it doesn't matter. Would Indoor, you, outdoor. Would you, if you did it at a pool, would you preach then go there or would you preach there? Like have a, a, a little sermon there or? I think we had a service and then we went there. Went there, okay. Yeah. Now, so it, it's good and bad. I had, uh, I've had it to where we, we did at the beach in, in, uh, when, I was a, when I was a disciple in, in, uh, in Perth, it's a beach city. In the summer, we would have baptisms at the beach. Okay, so that's great because a crowd would gather, you could preach. There was a couple of impracticals. Number one, I was the one supposed to testify next and a and a seagull dive bombed me and <laughs> crapped all over my head. <laughs> that was a bummer. But then I think I think they finally had to stop going to the beach simply because it was like it was like porno. There's topless lay. It's bad, you know. We're we're taking our new converts there. We lose five of them to lust, you know. <laughs> so that was that was that in in South Africa. I, I again from coming from Prescott and Perth that are relatively violence free in many ways uh, different. The first baptism that I did in the pool, uh, I had a, a gangster, he was actually a murderer. He had killed somebody from another gang. So he said, pastor, for me to get baptized, I have to cross five gang ter territories. I have to cross their territory to get there because he didn't have a car. I, I didn't deal with that a lot in Prescott. We didn't have the, uh, you, the Chino gang is gonna take you down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
So, I mean, that was just a, a, a practical then. Ultimately, that's why it was better to have your own. And then it makes more sense. Logical service, visitors, all yeah. the different factors. You preach, you lead right into it. You don't lose anybody. The whole church gets to be there. You know, there's yeah. a number of reasons. But you baptize however it is in in uh, in in foreign nations, in China. You ever seen on the video, you ever seen them baptizing in a bathtub? Right? Just because they can't do it publicly. And so you do what you got to do. It's it's an important step of obedience. The, the, the uh, vessel that the water is held in is not important. So you do what you can do. And then we had fun. I had a, I had, we did it at a, uh, it was kind of like a little man-made lake. It would be like, be like going to Fane Lake. And I did this in Melbourne and I had a biker that uh, when he got, he got baptized, I want to I live for Jesus. And he pulled out a whole bag of weed and dumped it out in the water. So I was like, I was going to fish, started flying. Oh <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's, there's all kinds of things in, in baptism. And, you know, then you want to you wanna try to make it. It generally helps if you have uh, the water heated in some way. You want to work out a way. We have had some funny stories of, we had a, one of our churches to where they didn't, I care the heater was broke or did the guy forgot to turn it on or something. And so when the first person got in the water and put their foot in, they swore. <laughs> like, hmm, okay. So dealing with new converts, you never know what's gonna happen. Any other questions? Right. Okay, I'll give you this, and I would recommend that you actually practice or memorize the baptismal formula if you're going to be baptizing someday upon profession of your faith. We now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay?